Welcome back. In this week's episode, we discuss the Twitter files, Sam Bankman-Fried getting arrested over the FTX scandal, and we discuss the dystopian future of Ectolife, the first artificial womb. I am Luke. And I'm Rody. And this is the Right Side of the Compass podcast. So, Rody. Did you hear about who won the World Cup? Yes, I did. I watched part of the game. It was it was interesting. Oh no. I think I went after <sighs> unbelievable. You watched the World Cup? I watched a little bit of it. My roommates were watching it, so I was just around. If your roommates were jumping off a cliff, would you join them? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to say like watching, watching, but I was like around so I could hear what's happening. So like if I see them jumping off a bridge, I mean, like I see them jumping off a bridge. It doesn't necessarily mean I'll join them. You should if they're if they're the type of people that jump off a bridge or watch soccer, you should not only not jump off the bridge, you should push them off the bridge. Oh, OK. <laughs> I was I was trying to go for the whole like Argentina may have won the World Cup, but we as humanity lost the World Cup for having participated in the World Cup. Um, oh really? Yes, yes. We as Why humanity do you say lost because soccer is a terrible sport for poor people. Whenever I see someone playing soccer, I tell them stop being poor. Uh, anyways, so. It's just it's just a disgraceful, honestly, sport. I can't believe people watch it. Are you just saying that because you're bad at it? No. And you don't have the stamina for it? No. I'm saying it because it's a terrible sport. And that there are other better non-soccer sports that are better both for playing and for watching. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, I disagree, but all right. Listen, Rhodey, like I said, you're free to be wrong, but... uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm going to have to find a new co-host, someone who agrees with me on soccer. I don't know. Your position you're taking is very immoral um, in any case. Um, So before we continue, I'd like to say to the audience, thank you for tuning in to the Right Side of the Compass podcast. We love having you on with us at the show. However, we do need your help. We need you to uh, hit that like button, share this video with your friends, and subscribe to the channel. In addition... You can comment on the video, and you could reach out to us, and you could also hit the notification button to make sure that YouTube tells you when we're out with new videos. You could also listen to us on Spotify, Apple, Google, anywhere where your favorite podcasts are are at. We worked very hard on this episode, and we hope you enjoy. Um, okay, so let's talk first about the Twitter files. So ever since Elon Musk bought Twitter... We've been uh, graced with new and amazing revelations about what was going on at the company every single day. And I, for one, I, I'm, I'm here for all of that. I, I love every moment of the Twitter files. It's such a aha moment. Like, we knew it. We knew what was going on at Twitter, and we just needed someone to confirm the details. And that's really what we've been getting with the Twitter, uh, Twitter files. Uh huh. So like, 
So would you like to like elaborate for people who don't know like what that kind of is about? So, okay. So for a while, uh, tw- uh, conservatives knew that Twitter was uh, bottlenecking conservative voices and they were amplifying lib left-wing opinions that served the government's purposes. And Twitter was denying it constantly, but uh, that's we find that that's just not true. So, for example, um, we find we found that after Elon Musk sent Twitter files to Matt Taibbi, who's a journalist, a left-wing journalist who kind of walked off the reservation. Um, so he's still left-wing, but you know he's not he's not woke as it were. He's left, he's classically left-wing. And so he was, uh, he, he kind of leaked a bunch of Twitter stuff, uh, the Twitter files. Let, let's go to Matt Taibbi's, uh, Twitter, um, Twitter leaks. Okay. Um, right. So let's go to Matt Taibbi. Anyways. So I'm on his Twitter page right now. I'm just not now. Thread one, the Twitter files. This is this is Matt Taibbi's. Th- this is what uh, Elon Musk sent to Matt Taibbi, and Matt Taibbi looked through all these documents and he he made this Twitter thread. As now I'm using my official uh, Luke uh, twi- uh, Twitter account for the Right Side of the Compass podcast to do this. So thank you. Um, the Twitter files. This is what it says. What you're about to read is the first installment in a series based upon thousands of internal documents obtained by sources of Twitter. The Twitter files tell an incredible story from inside one of the world's largest and most influential social media platforms. It is a Frankensteinian tale of a human-built mechanism grown out of the control of its designer, uh, who is Jack Dorsey. Twitter, in its conception, was a brilliant tool for enabling instant mass communication, making a true real-time global conversation possible for the first time. In an earlier conception... Twitter more than lived up to its mission statement, giving people the power to create and share ideas and information instantly without barriers. As time progressed, however, the company was slowly forced to add those barriers. Some of the first tools for controlling speech were designed to combat the likes of spam and financial fraudsters. I think that makes sense. Um, you know, the first thing that people often complain about is that there's just so much junk. So, yeah, it makes sense that they would come up with these systems to uh, get rid of spam and fraud. And that's good. Slowly yeah. over time, Twitter. Slowly over time, Twitter staff and executives began to find more and more use, uses for these tools. Outsiders began petitioning the company to manipulate speech as well. First a little, then more often, then constantly. By 2020, requests from connected actors to delete tweets were routine. One executive would write to another. More moved more to review from the Biden team. The re- reply would come back handled. So that means that. Joe Biden, or not Joe Biden himself, but like people from his team were telling people at at Twitter to like go over things at uh, at Twitter, right? And they would deal with consequential tweets. Celebrities and unknowns alike could be removed or reviewed at the behest of a political party. Uh, Both parties had access to these tools. For instance, in 2020, requests from both the Trump White House... And the Biden campaign were received and honored. However, the system wasn't balanced. It was based on contacts. Because Twitter was and is overwhelmingly staffed by people of one political orientation, there were more channels, more ways to complain, open to the left, well, Democrats, than the right. 
The resulting slant in content moderation decisions is visible in the documents you're about to read. However, it's also the assessment of multiple current and former high-level executives. Okay, there were more throat clearing about the process, but screw it, let's jump forward. The Twitter files, part one, how and why Twitter blocked the Hunter Biden laptop story. On October 14th, 2020, the New York Post published Biden's secret emails, an expose yeah, based on the content. Yeah, yeah, um, We, I think we spoke about that. Yeah, when when it first came out. Yeah, yeah, that was nuts. Um, the Post published Biden's secret emails and expose based on the contents of Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop. Twitter took extraordinary steps to suppress the story, removing links and posting warnings that it may be unsafe. They even blocked its transmission via direct message, a tool hitherto reserved for extreme cases, e.g. child pornography. Which, by the way, only when... Elon Musk took over Twitter. Did they really crack down on the child porn? Uh, I might add. White House spokeswoman Kaylee McEnany was locked out of her account for tweeting about the story, prompting a furious letter from Trump campaign staffer Mike Hahn, who seethed, at least pretend to care for the next 20 days. This led public policy executive Caroline Strom to send out a polite WTF query. Several employees noted that there was tension between the comms, policy teams who had little less control over moderation and the safety trust teams. This, um, the safety trust teams are the people like the AR, the HR people who are, you know, constantly telling people what to say. Uh, Strom's note returned the answer from the laptop story had been removed for violation of the company's hacked materials policy. Although several sources recalled hearing about a general warning from federal law enforcement that summer, about possible foreign hacks, there's no evidence that I've seen of any government involvement in the laptop story. In fact, that might have been the problem. The decision was made at the highest level of the company, but without the knowledge of CEO Jack Dorsey, with former head of legal policy and trust Vijaya Gaddy playing a key role. He just freelanced it, is how one former employee characterized the decision. Hacking was the excuse, but within a few hours, pretty much everyone realized that wasn't going to hold, but no one had the guts to reverse it. You can see the confusion in the length, in the following lengthy exchange, which ends up including Gaddy and former trust and safety chief Yoel Roth. Comms official Trenton Kennedy writes, I'm struggling to understand the policy basis for marking this as unsafe. By this point, everyone knew this was effed, said one former employee, but the response was essentially to err on the side of continuing to err. Former VP of Global Comms Brandon Borman asks, can we truthfully claim that this is part of the policy? Um, to which former Deputy General Counsel Jim Baker again seems to advise saying the non-course because caution is warranted. Keep note of the name Jim, Jim Baker. That's a very important name. So be care, uh, keep this aware, blah, blah, blah. Fun. Okay. In one humorous exchange on day one, Democratic Congressman Ro Khanna reaches out to Gaddy to gently suggest she hop on the phone to talk about the backlash RE speech. Kana was the only Democrat official I could find in the files who expressed concern. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, First Amendment, blah, blah, blah. Seems there's more. So I think uh, we got, you know, what it's all about. Um, so, like, basically it's somewhat like, I want to say it's like Watergate, but it's like... Uh, I mean, it's it's just I mean, it's blatant. Uh, what, how, how do I explain it? It's blatant uh, manipulation, I guess. Well, okay. So I mean, yes and no. 
we, what you have to, what people have to understand is that there isn't going to be, uh, I, I heard it explained this way, there isn't going to be a smoking gun. I think it was Mike Cernovich who said, there isn't going to be a smoking gun, right? Because they're not that stupid, right? The government knows that if the FBI were to say, oh, uh, Twitter, you need to delete this tweet, right? Then that would be a violation of the First Amendment. Right. So they're not interested in doing that. What they do is they go up to people who already know they agree with and they monitor the Internet and then they say, oh, you see this, you should check that out. And then they understand the people working at these companies. They go, oh, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, I deleted that. That's not okay. Um, That's that's kind of the issue with this. There is no smoking gun. Right. But the, the point is, is that this shows that there were there were that the that the Biden administration, the left wing, broadly speaking, had access to Twitter and they were using the moderation at Twitter to censor things that they didn't like, which, you know, which if you if you believe in free speech, technically nothing violated the First Amendment, strictly speaking. But in terms of having free speech as a broad political value, this is a violation of that value. Mm hmm. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So anyways, after that, uh, Elon Musk sent some stuff to journalist Barry Weiss. Uh, and like I said, remember James Baker, because that's a very, very important thing. Okay. Um, Where does it say in this Daily Wire article? Taibbi failed to mention in his initial release that Baker was the former FBI general counsel involved in Russia related investigation into former President Donald Trump. That means... When when uh, when the Democrats were yelling and screaming about how Donald Trump was a Russian puppet, uh, and that turned out not to be true, James Baker was involved in that, and then he got fired from the government, and then he uh, started working at Twitter. And what happened was really? is that wow. yeah, yeah, but but get this, get this, James Baker was responsible for vetting the Twitter files that Elon Musk sent to Matt Taibbi. That's why the FBI wasn't involved in any of the first Twitter things, right? Wait, can you repeat that? James Baker, who was working for the FBI during the... Right? He started working at Twitter. And then James Baker was going over the files, the Twitter files that Elon yeah. Musk gave to Matt Taibbi and he was scrubbing them of like really blatant stuff. Oh wow. The next ins- yeah, so the next installment of the Twitter files was supposed to happen over the weekend but became delayed for a reason that was unknown at the time. Taibbi now says that the reason for the delay was that it was discovered that Baker was responsible for vetting the files that were released to him and journalist Barry Weiss. Right? This is the process for producing the Twitter files involved delivering to two journalists, Barry Weiss and me, via a lawyer close to new management. However, after the initial batch, things became complicated, Taibbi said. Over the weekend, while we both dealt with obstacles to new searches, it was at Barry Weiss who discovered that the person in charge of releasing the files was someone named Jim. When she called to ask Jim's last name, the answer came back, Jim Baker. And then Matt Taibbi tweets, Quote, my jaw hit the floor, unquote, says Weiss. Baker is a controversial figure. He has been something of a zealot of FBI controversies controversies dating back to 2016, from the Steele dossier to the 
alpha server mess. He resigned in 2018 after an investigation into leaks to the press. Taibbi continued, The news that Baker was reviewing the Twitter files surprised everyone involved, to say the least. New Twitter chief Elon Musk acted quickly to exit Baker Tuesday. That's nuts. That's nuts. Can you imagine... Can I imagine? Uh, I guess, yeah. Wow, I can't believe it. Yeah, it's like, it's like, man, the the, the conspiracy theories are just on point right now. Like they really are. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. But that's the thing. I think people need to start really realizing about the government. There isn't this neat distinction, and Michael Knowles makes this all the time, there isn't this neat distinction between the public sector and the private sector, right? So a lot of people point out, rightfully so, I think, that you know people will leave the government and will go into the public private sector, but they'll still have their contacts in the public sector. And yeah. private companies will pay lots of money to have these private sector workers who have contacts in the pri- in the public sector and vice versa i might add right yeah like for example like if you like it's valuable if you worked for the sec so like big banks would like find value in that that you actually worked for you know these government offices right because you can you can talk to people in there and get certain processes expedited right so this is this is a very interesting kind of look at how that works right and i think once yeah, people real yeah yeah and i was going to say cuz in the end of the day it's not about you know what you know it's about who you know exactly but it's it, it i think it was i think this is like it's it's almost too blatant i think the 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 corruption here is a bit too obvious it's kind of nuts yeah, well, what do you think is going to happen? I don't know. That's that's the thing. Like, I don't know what's going to happen because the reality is is that a lot of these people that were responsible for this already left Twitter, right? So I don't think there's going to be any negative results for Twitter because you can't you can't really sue Elon Musk. Elon Musk wasn't responsible for this, right? But can you sue like Vijaya Gaddy? Can you can can you sue Yoel Roth? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I I have a feeling that's not the case. If anything's gonna happen, I think these kind of leaks might cause you know if we ever get a right wing government again, I think a right wing government will kind of look into these things and they might legislate something against these kind of things or they might put more they might put more rules on content moderation on the internet uh well i mean they can because the internet is a free place no you can you first of all it's very the internet is supposed to be a free place but there are things that you can and can't do on the internet um the fact that you have to use a vpn to find certain content on Netflix or whatever uh, tells me that there are rules to the internet, right? There are rules. It's not this. It's not the Wild West anymore. And I think, by the way, if the government said, okay, so if, uh, if a company like Twitter or Facebook decides to censor you and they can't prove that what you said was against the law, 
you can you can uh, what's it called? You could sue them, or they might say uh, they have to release their algorithms to the public so that people can see how they're uh, not only moderating content but uh, also censoring. No, not just censoring, but also how they're showing priority and 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 kind of banning content, right? So, for example. Uh, Facebook it used to be when Facebook first came out. I'm old enough to remember when you would look at your news feed. I don't even know if it was called that at the time, but it was literally just the newest thing was at the top and the oldest thing was at the bottom. And you saw what all of your friends were saying in in reverse chronological order. Right. So you saw the last thing first and then the that. Right. And then they started with all these algorithms where they kind of tried to funnel you into the things that you liked and tried to get you away from the things that you didn't like. Yes. Right. They would, right. They would bump content up that was more interesting. Um, and I can understand why people would want to do that, but they should at least have to demonstrate, they should at least have to show, they should have to be open about it. Right. And I think this might be the, the, the smoking gun, as it were. I don't think that there's going to be a crime necessarily, but I think that we're going to see uh, something happening. But I think it's important to – as who said this? I don't remember. Someone said that Elon Musk didn't spend $44 billion on Twitter. He spent $44 billion on a crime scene. So – <laughs> he's now he's now he's now going over the evidence here, which is good because I don't think anyone else would do it. Yeah, it's funny because the CEO before Elon Musk said that, oh, you know, we do have freedom of speech. They just, you know, you, you can't say what you want. It's just a matter of whether you're going to be heard or not. Well, I mean, Jack Dorsey wasn't exactly the most. No, not Jack uh, Dorsey. The guy after Jack Dorsey, who was like really anti—I don't know—it was this—it was this, I think, Indian guy who was really anti-freedom of speech. Mm. Well, I mean, it was just—that just wasn't true. There were lots of things you couldn't say on Twitter. This is the reality. Like, there are still things you can't say on Twitter, as we see with Elon Musk banning all these journos, which I'm very happy about. I think it's great that Elon Musk is banning all these journos. But he's banning a bunch of people for doxing him. And uh, we're seeing that you can't just say whatever you want on the internet. You just can't do that. Um, there are rules to to the game, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to see. You know, this is how it's going to go. Anyways, let's talk about our next story. The uh, Let's talk about... Uh, let's talk about Sam Bankman-Fried. Yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, so Sam Bankman-Fried, last I recall, he was living in, I believe it was the Caribbeans or the Bahamas or something. No, so basically, uh, I guess a recap on what's been happening is uh, Sam Bankman-Fried or SBF. So that's SBF. What, is, that call, is that what people call him? I have no uh, idea. Sam becoming free. Uh, yeah, um, and essentially, basically, he there was a a scan, not a scandal, but there was some fraud with his uh, crypto um, um, exchange uh, company and hedge fund. Uh, he can you can you describe it? Can you describe what what was going on? Um, 
essentially he was using the funds that basically when people would you know give the company money for for the exchange he would take those funds and use it for something else um and then essentially i'm the, i'm just giving a very like abridged version basically he would uh then funnel it through his own like cryptocurrency which was ftx um, and then he it went to his parent company, which was a hedge fund, which they would then invest it in other things, as well as use it for other things. And so when people started requesting, when things started to get bad with crypto and people started requesting their money back, he didn't have it. So like he, he couldn't give the money back. Um, or right. like he just couldn't give the money back like right away. Like it wasn't like it wasn't so liquid. You know, so that's basically what happened. And then he had to like file bankruptcy and stuff like that. And then now he's in the Bahamas. And that's also where the company was located, was located in the Bahamas. And the U.S. requested that the Bahama, you know, that they arrest him for the U.S. He was going to, um, he was going to appear in front of uh, Congress or is it the Senate? Um, no, Congress. He was going to appear for Congress, but only through video, not in person. And then now, can you, can you imagine? Can, can you imagine? Like, to me, it's it's such it's such chutzpah that you can go into uh, you can go into like the Capitol building. You could be led into the Capitol building, like a little old grandma could be led into the Capitol building for and be, you know, put in solitary confinement for a little, you know, drunken disorderly, essentially, right? Uh, but someone who defrauded billions and billions of dollars committed fraud on levels that we don't even know, and this person was only now arrested? Yeah, so it says here... Um... FTX founder Sam Bankman-Free has been arrested by authorities in Bahamas. The latest dramatic turn in spe- uh, spectacular scandal that has rocked the crypto world. Um, the U.S. attorney um, confirmed the arrest of the 30-year-old former billionaire and political mega donor on a tweet. Um, yeah, bah- uh, and. Yeah, so he's supposed to te- he's supposed to testify, but now it's going to be like in person, and he's supposed to be facing up to um, a lot of years in prison. I'm just putting it very nicely. <laughs> um, I sure but, hope so. And there was it was funny. I was I was listening uh, to uh, to a video, and essentially they they were comparing him to Madoff. Um, and how it was similar. I mean, obviously there are differences in terms of the demographics and in terms of what, in, in terms of the demographics and in terms of the type of security. So like, for example, Madoff, um, he was dealing with, you know, stocks and actual like equity and securities, which is, has way more regulations and laws um, they have to deal with. Um, also, he was doing it for decades, not a few years. While um, Mr. Freed, he was only maybe doing it for a few years, 
his demographic was well Madoff's demographic was more like union workers regular people like you and me retirement funds you know regular people while you know uh the crypto world is usually full of more tech savvy young uh hip cool you know crypto investors so right um but like in the end of the day fraud is fraud and you know that's what kind of matters yeah i don't i don't think it justifies the fraud just because the kids are young i think I think there's something to be said about someone taking advantage of of like the wild west and doing things that are unethical like this. I think that defraud yeah. I just don't know what rules are they going to throw how are they going to throw the book at him exactly or are they going to well, use regular fraud? It's hard because there's that's that's a thing. It's it's there's no it's a it's not really regulated. That's the thing. Um, but it says here, fellow prosecutors from Southern District of New York charged Bankman Freed with eight counts of fraud and conspiracy. Bankman Freed could face up to 115 years in prison if convicted on all eight counts against him, though he likely wouldn't get the maximum sentence. Um, yeah, yeah, so... But do you think it's right that the U.S. requested the Bahamas to arrest him? Of course. Of course. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah, of course. My only question is whether we're, he's going he's gonna to make it to Congress or we're going to have another situation of Sam Bankman-Fried didn't kill himself. You know, like the whole – is he going to be the new Jeffrey Epstein? Nah, I don't think so. Uh, that that's means, like that means you don't have enough Jeffrey imagination. Epstein. No, that's a whole other level though. This is like, you don't have- like it's okay. Like, it's one thing to do like fraud and everything; it'll destroy his career. But like the thing is about like Epstein is, like if you found if it could destroy any you know big power people's entire life, that's how wrong it was. No, but I think here, here's what I think. I think we're gonna if we there are people that are saying that essentially the Democrats were using FTX to funnel government money into oh. the pockets of the Democrat party because essentially what was going on this is this is I hear talk I don't I don't know again I'm not a journalist I don't understand quite how this would happen but essentially the government was sending aid to Ukraine right and then if the Ukrainians were investing in FTX right and then the FTX is donating to the Democrat party yeah then that would be like essentially they're taking our tax dollars and literally funneling it into the Democrat Party. Yeah. Like here, it says here, this is a CNN business. Prosecutors allege Bankman Free conspired with others on numerous schemes, including misusing customers' deposits held in FTX that were used to cover the expenses of Alameda Bankman Free's hedge fund, which is his parent, which is um, his sister company. Bankman Free also, also allegedly defrauded. His, run by his paramour, but I might. Uh... Yeah. Bankman Free also allegedly defrauded leaders to Almeida by providing them misleading information about the hedge fund's financial condition. The 14 page indictment also alleges. Um, the that Bankman Free conspired with others to violate federal election laws by making political donations to candidates and fundraising committees between 2020 and November 2022. 
in excess of federal legal limits and in the names of other people. So that's interesting. Yeah, I think, uh, what was it, Sam Bankman-Fried was the number two donor to Democrats, only being surpassed by George Soros. Yeah. Yeah, so this is corruption, the likes of which we haven't seen so much before. So, But the point is, is that it took – what makes me angry is that you have these little people who, who, who broke into the Capitol building and they're having the book thrown at them. And what we have for this guy is he gets to go around living in the Bahamas until the, the U.S. government politely asks the Bahamas – to arrest him, which ugh, unbelievable. Yeah, so that's that. <laughs> Anyways, let's talk about the third thing because I think the third thing, we, the first two things were pretty shocking. I think, I think if the theme of this episode, if there's a theme to this episode, it's shock. And uh, yeah, the third thing I think is even more shocking than the last two things. Yeah, sorry. What were you saying? I said the the first the first two things compared to the the new. Uh... Give me a second. Let's reconnect the phones. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mute your phone. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. So let's let's start from the top. If there is a theme to this episode today, I think the theme would be things that are shocking and horrifying. Right. So the first thing was the Twitter files, and the second thing was the Sam Bankman Freed. But I think the third thing is even more shocking. You're giving me nightmares tonight. Yes, I know. I'm. I, I'm on this Hanukkah. We're very, very shocked. Um. Anyways, so we're looking at this. Um, we're looking at this. Um, thing. I suppose. I saw this video. A bunch of people are talking about it, and I because I lack originality and I lack. I lack any sort of creativity. I thought I want to talk about this video too and make the same points. So let's talk about Ecto Life. All right. Would you like to explain what that is? Okay. So Ecto Life. Uh, I saw this video, this proof of concept video about this company called Ecto Life, and what it does is is essentially, you know, you know, like that movie, you know, that movie Gattaca. Yeah, I was actually going to bring that up. Yeah, yeah. That's so it really that reminded me of it. So, so, so most people when they saw the movie Gattaca, they're like, "Oh, that's a dystopian movie. We shouldn't do that." And these guys looked at the movie Gattaca and like, "Sounds like a great idea. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it." Anyways, so this is a this is the world's first artificial womb facility. Do they have artificial wombs nowadays, or? No, they don't. First of all, it's very, I mean, the video is very, very, and very CGI. Okay. So it's definitely still concept. It's not real at no, all. No, no, of course. Yeah. yeah. It needs to be stressed that this isn't real yet. Although um, I kind of want to say that might way. Not be, the technology might not even be here for like decades. Um, it's, it seems like this is all just concept. Um, right. It, it is all just concept, but I think that, number one, it's all just concept until it's not, right? Right? Like, it, it's very easy to say, like dismiss it as, oh, this is just concept. Um, but I think the, the problem is, is that this is what 
people kind of want to get to. Like we already see certain things that people do nowadays that kind of look like this in some way, right? And then we can, of course, compare it to certain things. But let's first talk about what this is, right? So what what it is is essentially it's a facility that's powered by renewable energy. So it's going to be powered by wind and solar, which means – I don't know what that means. Um, as we all know, wind and solar don't actually work. But uh, whatever. It's powered by renewable energy. And it's basically a place where you can order a baby to be manufactured, which – because I can't think of a better word – Right. This is a place where you can order a baby to be manufactured for you and grown Ooh. outside. Sorry, you know what it also what? reminds me of? Did you what? see the movie Storks? No, I didn't. Oh, like, you know, like the baby with the stork? Yeah. yeah. No. Yes, I know about that. Rodan. OK, yes. so they had, a, they had a movie about it where it's like, you know, it's, it's a business, you know, for the storks. And they have this whole machine that like makes babies, and then the stores go and like deliver. Like, but I think that is that like a horror movie? Is that like a dystopian movie? Or is no, it's a, it's, it's an animated movie. No, basically, oh, okay. like That's same. That's not the same. This reminds <laughs> me of Gattaca in the in this house, like kind of very horrifying. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, but actually, some of the technology does exist. Like, in, for example, in the video, they were talking about um, you know gene manipulation. And that does exist already. Like, for example, with Jews, they have, um, you know, like the Tay-Sachs disease that, like, Ashkenazi Jews have. Um, Those so Ashkenazi they, Jews. So they have treat. I, I believe, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe they do have treatments to, like, get rid of certain genetic uh, diseases, which is incredible. Um, I mean, I would love to see how that works because I, again, I'm very much in the in the camp of we shouldn't be screwing around like with people's genes. I, I'm very much in that like. I think to an extent, like, like, like in the video they were talking about like okay they would be it would be for countries that have problems like having babies or people who, like who like their wombs are kind of like messed up like it would be for like. Now here's the thing, like everything, every new technology usually has good intentions. Now, whether it's abused or not is another story. Well, I now, mean, well, yeah, but here's the thing, it's, I understand that it's very, okay, first of all, let's talk about what it is, and then we could talk about the moral implications of it. Okay, because, fine. Because I have a lot to say about that, but I think that first we need to talk about what it is, and then we can kind of have that conversation. So it, it it's going to be artificial wombs, right? And these uh, these babies are grown inside these pods that you can see. Now, first of all, just like on the face of it, I, I don't really want to see that. Like, I think that's kind of gross. Um, yeah. Like, it, it's, it's like one thing to see an image like on a screen from, I don't know, maybe – what was it called? The 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 what's that thing where you take your wife to the to the doctor and they look at her ultrasound. tummy and they see, ultrasound. There we go. Ultrasound. See see see. That's I I wouldn't know that because I'm not married. But uh, yes, you you take her to the ultrasound. It's one thing, but but it's like it's very weird and dystopian to kind of see like a lab full of these babies. You know, like many times in like these sci-fi movies, you see like these creatures that are being cloned in you know these like tubes. Yeah. It's kind of like what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and they're saying that they try to recreate the the 
the the conditions the environment. that the environment that uh, a baby will have in the womb. Um, just as an aside, I generally don't believe that humans can fully recreate biological phenomenon. Of course, it's not going to be perfect, but you could try to make it as close as possible. You can, but when it comes to things like this, it's like, well, don't waste your time doing that and don't do it. Like... It, like you understand that there's a problem with doing this that it's like because if let's say just as an aside right like there there are certain things that they didn't that i guess because it's a proof of concept that's not like an issue yet but you know it talks about like how it like there's they they imitate certain things but i've noticed that the ecto life pods were entirely stable and actually it is the mother moving around that helps the baby's inner ear develop which helps them balance so we don't even know if babies produced like this will be able to stand up straight really yeah interesting yeah they may need to be on some gyroscope and be artificially you know like tossed and turned that's interesting i didn't know that yeah so i didn't know about it either but apparently that's a thing which, which brings me to my point. There are things that we as humans think we can do as, as biology, but there is a concept of not playing God. And this is kind of... Well, also, is, it just... I think it also just kind of just takes away the human aspect of it. Like, uh -huh. so, so, so I was going to get to that part. Because, you know, before, right, like women would sacrifice a lot for their children, childbirth, things like that. And yes, it's tough, and I get it, but... That was also what made men interested in women, right? Like, I think these people are going to try to make it easier on women, but what these people are actually doing is cutting women out of the equation altogether for bad. Yeah. Right? Because now yeah. I don't need to get married. I could just hire a company to breed me a child, right? And I don't have to support some woman. Why? Mm, why go and, and support a woman and be a loving husband when I can order a test tube baby for lots of money? That's true. Right? So this is actually going to be a problem for women because this is going to turn women – women are going to have to work – what if this makes women less feminist and more uh, – what if this – okay, oh, I, I'm beginning to think – that I like this now. <laughs> Beginning to think wow. that I like this. <laughs> wow. Wait a minute. I just figured why this is awesome. <laughs> wow. If women, if women realize that we could just replace them with the snap of a finger in a scientific lab, I think women all of a sudden will, will become really, really submissive and really, well, really it feminine. It could be all the opposite also. Women could feel the same way. They'll be like, oh, why get married to a man when I can just... Because usually women want babies more than men. I, I don't know if that's the case. I actually don't know if that's the case. I think women like the concept of having a baby more than men do. But I think when push comes to shove, I think women don't want the kids in the same way that the men want them. Because I think what women want is for someone to be there when they're older, right? But I think men want someone to continue legacy. their legacy, 
Yes. Yeah. And I think that's much more important to a man than, I don't know, having like a small child. Like, cause small, like, cause women typically when they can't have children or when they don't want children, they'll typically replace having kids with having like a dog or 12 cats or whatever it is. Right. Men might get a dog, but they won't get a dog for the same reason that a woman will get a dog. And if a man then wants a child, it's because he wants someone to pass the legacy onto. So I actually have a feeling that this is more of a, a market for men, especially men who can't get a woman. Yeah. But, I mean, like I said, it seems like that this concept is more for people who are having issues with giving birth and not the just out of you know convenience aspect of things it might get to that point maybe and but it see like it might just not right but right but then you have to ask the question to what extent do we want everyone to have a designer baby when we could just tell those people okay adopt right people should i think they're like i'm not like people want to be their blood they want it to be theirs. Yeah, you can adopt, but it's not the same. I mean, I think first of all, there are a lot of people who would beg to disagree, would beg to differ. But I think also it doesn't really matter. There are certain things that we shouldn't be doing because of the ethical ramifications of it. The ethical mm-hmm. ramifications are too great for us to just simply say, "Oh, well, at least that woman can have biological children." Okay. I, I still don't want this to exist. I still want men and women to get together and have kids. So if that means that a woman without a uterus will have to suffer not having a uterus, that's a sacrifice mm. I'm willing to make. Or you know what also reminds me? Have you seen the movie or read the book slash um, The Giver? The Giver? I mean, I read it. I don't remember, but yeah, I did. Yeah, so like, you know, it was the same concept where like, oh, like you're like – they give birth, but like the child is not like theirs. They're like given to family, but like people are given jobs of like giving giving birth, and that's their job. And then that baby is not theirs; it's like given to another family. Right, but that's um, the issue kind of with in vitro fertilization. Especially, there was a story recently that like the world's oldest twins were just born, and they were the world's oldest twins because they were in in cryogenic stasis as embryos for 30 years. What? Yeah. That's disgusting. Right. And that's the problem with IVF. There's, you can take what is essentially a fertilized egg, right? Just throw it in a freezer somewhere. And obviously I'm oversimplifying it. There's going to be some nerd in the comment section that goes, Oh no, you don't understand what we do when we freeze the thing. No, no, shut up. You're freezing it. I'm just using Saxon words. Um, and you're freezing the eggs and then you're taking them out when it's some, when it's convenient for some, you know, spinster to have a child. Why don't you just get married and have kids when it's expected of you to do that? Why why gallivant across the planet and then spend thousands of dollars on what is possibly the most unethical business on the planet so that you can have all these experiences that people typically didn't have? Mm -hmm. You know what also might be – like, well, I was just thinking about it. What might be appealing at least to women is that by doing this, it also takes out – like the pregnancy like process 
like those nine months of like being annoying and actually giving birth, it takes that out of the equation. So like they essentially get a baby without the discomfort of giving birth. But I don't think that's appropriate. I think that pregnancy is a thing that women endure and that's part of their service. I don't think we should be looking for ways to make life so comfortable for everyone that no one needs to suffer ever. Suffering builds character. It's good for you. It's a thing women do. Just like men, you know, men should go to work and work for their families. And yes, men should have to go to war and be killed if necessary for their country. I think I don't think trying to figure out n- new and creative ways to to prevent this from happening. I don't think that's a good idea. Plus, by the way, I might add that sex and 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 having the woman getting pregnant, like you know how, how many things a husband does for a wife when she's pregnant and that's like that's part of the relationship, right? Imagine all of a sudden I don't ever have to do anything for my wife when she's pregnant. Slowly but surely, you're taking the reason for the relationship existing out of the equation. It's good for men to do things for their wives when their wives are pregnant. And it's good for women to be pregnant and receive those good things from their husbands. And it's good for women to be connected to their babies via pregnancy. It is not good for women to have a baby that they have access to on a smartphone and they, they're they more attached to the phones. You notice, you notice how, like, the women were all on their smartphones looking at the baby and saying, like, it's, it's yeah. like you're turning, it's like you're turning your pregnancy into social media. It's another wow. reason to be on Facebook. It's another reason to be on Twitter. Oh, oh, look at me. Look at my baby. It's on Twitter now. Like, have the baby and don't put it on Twitter. And then, Incredible. like, they give you a vest that you can, like, feel the kick and then, like, share it with your with your friends. <laughs> just was... just be pregnant and feel the kick when the baby kicks. <laughs> just, just do that. You can do that for a fraction of the cost. <laughs> uh... Yeah, no, that, that's nuts. This is, this is nuts. And by the way, the craziest thing, if you want... They can just take your kid that's growing in the pod and they could put it in your apartment. That's kind of like weird because then I'm just like I'm waking up, going outside, and I just see like a pod with a fetus inside. It's like, yeah, I like waking up to that. I like waking up to that every morning. (laughs) Yeah, imagine like my wife doesn't want to sleep with me anymore because she doesn't want me to get her pregnant. So I'm just essentially a cuddle buddy, right? Um, and next to her bed, or my bed, even worse, is this alien fetus growing in a pod next to me. I live in an apartment in a big city that smells like sour milk. I don't own much, but there's there's a human growing inside our room for some reason, but not inside my wife. The baby's growing inside the room. Well, I thought I it would be in this facility, not in a room. No, but then, they, but then they said, like, oh, you can pay extra and they'll bring it to your house. Which, by the way, they called your zone, by the way. They called it your zone. It could be in your zone. It's like, wow. Why use that word? Why use that word? It's why, so... like, why dehumanize it? I think that's the biggest thing is dehumanizing it. 
Well, that's that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to science, science, scientifically, so that there's science. Look, science, science is all the science. (laughs) We just have sex like normal people. Remember when we used to take nerds and hang them by their underpants on top of flagpoles? We don't do that anymore, and it shows. Oh, it kind of reminds me of like, did you see uh, Twenty One Jump Street? I did see a long time ago. Where it's like, it the, yeah, yeah, it was the opposite. Yeah, we we need to start hanging nerds again for like the people who came up with this. They need to be hung by a flagpole, uh, by their underpants on a flagpole. That's the only way we're getting out of this. Yeah, is this a like Israeli company that's doing this? Because, or is it concept by Hashem Al Gahili? Because definitely, Jewish. that's an Islamic guy with it. And that's no, 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 no. That's a it's Hashem Al Galili, but it's not. Oh, that's not okay. a Jewish thing. Yeah, you're reading it okay. wrong. Um, but no, I think this is an American thing. But it's like so clinical, so scientific. It's. You know, very like dystopian. In, yeah, very dystopian. You know how in um, the Big Bang Theory, uh, there was a. The, I I only know I never watched the Big Bang Theory. I only watch clips of it because I, I'll surf through Facebook and I'll see a clip. And uh, there was a clip where um, Aim, uh, what was her name? Penny is talking to Sheldon about how you know Amy is gonna Amy Sheldon's girlfriend is gonna eventually want to have um, marital relations, right? And Sheldon goes. I'm aware of how people uh, typically reproduce. It's like, I'm going to have a baby with her clinically in a lab somewhere with people. It's like, and, and eventually, yeah. the, the, but that's the joke is that Sheldon is such an autistic person that he's bothered by like the messiness of human relationships to the point where he wants to produce a baby in a test tube. And the whole point of the show is him learning to be more human. Cause he's like this autistic robot guy. Right. So they're yeah, like, more logical, less emotional. Right. But I think this is like, I, I think this is kind of like a demonstration of the, of the, of the limits of logic. Like, yeah, maybe you can logically try to figure out why we should have babies grow in, in womb factories. But I think that this is like, I think this demonstrates more that we shouldn't do that. I think you can take certain aspects of this and it can be very good and healthy in terms of helping people, in terms of helping people get pregnant who are having difficulties getting pregnant. Um, Right. And also, like, in terms of the genetic manipulation, I wouldn't say, like, you know, give them, like, extra, like, protein for their muscles so they could, like, run a marathon with no problems. Saying, like, you know, genetic diseases or, you know, uh, just, you know, stuff like that where it's, like, like people who actually, like, need it. That I feel like it would well, be... Well, that's the thing. Well, that's the thing. I like remember I said, when... aspects of it, not, like, all... Well, that's the thing. I remember. I remember. I'm old enough to remember when. Uh, what was it called? I think Iceland. They were bragging about how they don't have kids with Down syndrome in. Wow. In in their country, right? And but it's not because the Icelands they don't have the capability of producing a child 
with an extra 20 what was it the 21st chromosome they have a third it's one of 20 i think it's 26 no it's, i think no no no, no. Extra chromosome. So humans have 23 chromosomes and because um, each chromosome is double they have 46 right it's so they have 46. two first chromosome they have a third 21st chromosome if i recall correctly it's 20 normally each cell in a human body has 23 pairs of chromosomes 46 total chromosomes half come from the mother and the other half come from the father so yeah it, but it's usually one extra chromosome yeah like no 47. they usually have an extra 20 yeah they have an extra 21st chromosome yeah right so but it's not good to like but they used to have those, but then they then in Iceland, I think it was Iceland, they decided to just abort all the babies with Down syndrome. Right? Uh-huh. And then they don't have Down syndrome anymore. Um I actually don't think that's a good thing. I think it's good for people to for us to have like these, you know, kind of people who are who have these deficiencies or these uh, defects or whatever it is. It humanizes us. Like it reminds us, oh, you know, we're not perfect. Some of us are not born perfectly. We don't need to constantly be eliminating everything. We don't need, like, a pure Aryan race, right? Like, you know what I mean? And the fact that we have this ability means that, yeah, eventually there's going to be someone who's going to pay enough money and some unscrupulous doctor will do genetic uh, editing on some baby and make him the smartest, most athletic, most good-looking baby on the planet, right? We're going to see that. That's a reality. So the only way out of this is to ban this kind of things. Like I said, I wouldn't necessarily ban it. I would just like, I already, like they already have certain things that they already do. So we like, they do already do genetically manipulate certain genes in babies, like I said, for genetic diseases, which I think is an amazing thing. Right, but I know that in Jewish circles, what they do is they do genetic testing on the parents beforehand, and they don't let certain parents get married. Which, that I think is more ethical. That I think is more ethical, because you're not getting science involved. I mean, you are, but you're just, you're giving them a choice. Way before you're meddling with a life. Way before you're meddling with a life. Yeah. So, like, for example, I'm a carrier of two diseases. Wait, Rody, you're a carrier of two genetic diseases? Yeah, surprise. Yeah, I did some testing, so. Oh, you really want to get married. Um, I mean, that would be nice. <laughs> I mean, also just, like, curious, also. Oh, really? That's kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, I never tested myself for all these things. I, uh, I, I don't see any particular reason to test right now but yeah um no that's crazy i don't know this this seems wrong to me to do this and i think in a world where we're already having trouble pairing up men and women the last thing we want now is to have this kind of like oh i can have a baby now and i don't need to get married and i don't need to uh, I don't need to get married and I don't need to have kids and I could just be 50 and when I decide to have children I'll just pay for a, a baby that like we can't have that we need women and men getting married for their own sake 
and having babies at a normal age when people are designed to have children. And this cannot be an option. This needs to not be an option. We need to weed these rich celebrities who think that they can just have go to all these parties and waste their youth and then oh then we have to pay for them and we have to our kids have to support them in the in the in the I don't know whether it's you know private care or public care or whatever it is we need to get rid of these people cuz these people are bad people we need people to know you have kids when you're in your 20s and in your early 30s and then you raise them and then they turn out to be good people and then that's your retirement plan and this throws any pretense of that out the window, ignoring the fact that it's total dystopian well, nonsense. Well, most of it we already do. The only difference between this and what we do today is that they have an artificial womb. Like, for example, that we already have is IVF, like where you IVF. like, yeah, we already right. have that. We already have genetic manipulation for diseases. So the only difference is the artificial womb part. So. Yeah, but what we need to do is – but at least when – first of all, I think people don't actually know that many times IVF doesn't work anyways and that when people try to freeze their eggs, their eggs end up dying in any case. Like it doesn't it doesn't work. Um, so, you know, like it doesn't matter. But also on top of that, there is the reality of uh, – there is the reality of when we don't have this – just like make an artificial womb people get naturally punished for ignoring their biological directive here there's no even pretense a 70 year old woman typically cannot have kids even if she's has a baby implanted in her right it's just she's just incapable of having children her body can't handle it right because that's not what 70 year olds are supposed to be doing right but with this, it's like if a woman decides she wants a kid at 70, it's like, okay, well, what's stopping her? Nothing's yeah. stopping her, actually. But uh, whatever. This is all. This was the shocking episode, I think. And uh, I don't know what else to say, honestly. Um, but hopefully all these shocking things will kind of go away um, one day. And in the meantime, if you're having trouble struggling with it, it's, it is a dark day in December. Um, so just remember to light your Hanukkah candles and, you know, get lit, you know? Get lit. <laughs> I'm ashamed that I made that joke. I'm so ashamed. <laughs> no, uh, in, in all serious no, in all serious though, seriousness rather, what am I saying? I don't I don't speak the English language anymore. Um we do hope that the lights of the menorah will light up your winter. Amen. All right, so let's get the show on the road. So thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Right Side of the Compass podcast. We hope you enjoyed. You can help us out by liking the video, sharing it with your friends, and subscribing to the channel. In addition, you can hit the notification bell to be notified of our latest uploads. If you want to reach out to us, you can comment on the YouTube comment section, or you can reach out to me at Luke RSOTC uh, on Twitter. Or you can reach out to us on Instagram at the right side of the compass, uh, in our slide into our DMs, and we will answer you. Um, we hope you had a good time, and we look forward to seeing you next week.